5989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Text line is active today. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. The United Nations, they're the ones that uh, have Agenda 2030. Will you silence that one there for me, Maestro? Section 18 of 91 sections begins with the following words. We are announcing today 17 sustainable development goals with 169 associated targets, which are integrated and indivisible. Never before have world leaders pledged common action and endeavor across such a broad and universal policy agenda. Let the epic music play behind me and let everybody stand up and have tears well up in their eyes. First of all, if you get rid of the first four words, the we're announcing today, which is very amateurish. Yeah, it's more like a press release. Right. It's not a serious policy statement. And notice that there was no actual detail to any of the policies. We know there's 91 sections, 17 sustainable goals and 169 associated targets. That's what we know. We just don't know what they are. And. There's never been such a global policy statement as this one. And it's not about policy, but it's just about to say, we're we're going to be in charge of these things. And, uh, you know, it's unprecedented, right? And the proposal here is that the common action is to eliminate nation-state sovereignties throughout the world. We just become one nation. We should just become Pangea just again, just one continent, you know. But now we can't be one continent because of the tectonic shifts and the plates. But we can be that way policy-wise. We could be the Pangean nation. The reason they did this is deflected by the words universal policy. Policy would be, for example, to double the daily consumption of about half the world's population living on $2 a day to $4 a day. That would be a policy. But there's no specifics as to how that would actually happen, where those other $2 are going to be found. It's couched through in this nonspecific term, only being specific when they refer to the various UN-sponsored conferences that were held before 2015, the year that Agenda 2030 was written. Not one specific economic or social policy implementation is referred to in the entire Agenda 2030 document. This is just going to be this way because we say so. Sort of like electric cars. But what they're doing here is they're, they, they're trying to deceive you while they're trying to come across as, you know, the, you know, the, the Nelson family from Ozzie and Harriet, you know, very wholesome, positive, it's a positive note for the entire world. <laughs> Section 33 states, we are determined to conserve and, and sustainably use oceans and seas, freshwater resources, as well as forests, mountains, and drylands, and to protect biodiversity, ecosystems, and wildlife. You know, when uh, more than once in the history of the Earth, which, by the way, we don't even know who named this planet the Earth. We don't know who dubbed it the Earth. More than once, we have had extermination, extinction-level events, right? We've had, we've had big comets hit, hit the planet and everything, just blow everything. Just And the only things that survived that particular day 
were in the oceans and in the in the deep oceans in the deep oceans right sharks survived that certain snakes that were underground they survived that but nowhere out there do they mention how it is that the oceans and the rivers and the lakes and the forests and the arable land and the wildlife that have existed since the beginning of the planet Earth until the formation of the UN with its vision of a viable planet. They, 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 don't, they don't mention how all these things managed to happen despite the fact... See, they're saying mankind is doing this. You know, despite the fact that you get like a six-kilometer-wide piece of rock that slams into the Earth with how many jewels of energy... Man is more dangerous than everything else out there. And this language of sustainability is pure arrogance. Pure arrogance. The UN, who does nothing really, they produce nothing, they, they talk a lot. They produce a lot of CO2. Uh, they do it, they're going to do a better job of maintaining, sustaining, and improving all of nature than what nature was able to do without the UN's all-caring intervention and benevolence. You know, even today, we have parts of this planet that have never seen a man walking on them, even to this day. And they're in the mountains and the deserts and the forests. And uh, those nations that contain these, they're the ones that maintain these areas. But now the UN is going to claim management rights over the oceans and the air and even vast areas within the countries. And my question is, who died and made you boss? Now, with Agenda 2030, what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, we are going to be in charge. They're not going to say how they're going to take it, but they, we're going to be in charge. We have the authority over all governments regarding nature and all of that nature that is presently not under specific government. And that's communism. And the danger to nature warrants a new world order and a collective authority that takes precedence over business rights and civil rights and any claim to individual right. Nature's needs... And requirements trump the individual rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, good luck. Behind all of this is a very dark communist vision. Capitalism has raped and distorted nature. You know, that's their thing. The, the balance and life-producing principles of nature have been superseded by this profiteering motive that the left wants to push on you, a la Agenda 2030. Now, those who understand this danger to this, this of this exploitation, they have to join with the visionary UN to correct the distortion of nature and a man's relation to it. But here's the thing. We don't have a relation with nature. We're hanging on by our fingertips. When a hurricane comes, when a hurricane is barreling in, coming in on, on, on the shore, we're not sitting back going, all right, get everything in place. We're going to knock this down right now. I'm sure they have discussed certain things they would try. I don't know that they've ever tried them. So far, it just makes me wonder if they, if we actually have these things, why aren't we using them today? I'm sure somebody could call me and say, well, Bill, that's because if they did, then they would give away the thing, and we're holding this until they take over the whole world. Now, one of the things they're going to do with this, like the Sahara and the Mojave Deserts, you know, they don't have a lot of water there. And Agenda 2030, they're saying they're going to bring equity to these places despite 
looking at geography and the way things work in the world. And this is an insult to anybody with any sort of form of intelligence walking around today. If you're walking around breathing on your own, this is an insult to you. Let's go to the phones right quick. Sarah and Woodruff, yes, what can I do for you? Hello? Um, did you know that Greenville, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? Yes. Did you know that Greenville, South Carolina was the first city in the world to sign up for the Agenda 2030 contract? And they signed the contract in 2019. Nothing surprises me anymore. I did not know that. Now, yeah. are you talking, now, uh, are you're talking about Agenda 2030 or uh, that that's one of the now this is the thing where they want to go to the 15 minute city and all this other nonsense, too, right? Well, that's part of it. I mean, they're putting in all these high rises in town. That's just the forerunner to, you know, closing down it and putting it into smaller areas of containment. Hmm. But they they've been working on this for quite a while. Well, they've been we they, they've been working on it since 2015. Well, much longer than that, but the well, that's when the agenda twenty thirty document was put together, twenty fifteen. Right, right. The uh, communists have been working on it for a hundred years, and oh, the communists, sure. in conjunction with the Muslims, they, have been working on it for sixty years together. Yeah. But they, it's they, a it's a planned attack, and, sure. And Greenville signed up for it. Well, po po politicians. Politicians never cease to disappoint me, so it doesn't surprise me. Well, I'm gonna look, I'm gonna know, look into it. That, well, you, yeah, you can. Uh, the city's pretty proud of it. It's on their website. Okay. And uh, that's great. I would love to call them and ask them to come on the show and to, to defend that. What exactly how that how that's going to go? Let them have a shot at that. Let's well, see if they want to play the, that game. The, the parks that they just built downtown, it's called, what is it, the Globalist or something. It's got, you know, New World Order written all over the naming of it. It's just ridiculous. They're selling us out, and they don't even realize they've sold us out. No, I, I doubt that they I, that, I, I, I doubt they do anything accidentally. I think whatever they do is quite deliberate if they're doing yeah. it. But let's see if they want to talk about it. Have we got time for this there? Do we need to hold him there? Thank you very much, Sarah, for the call. Thanks very much for that. Okay, so we'll get to the phones when we get back. Uh, hey, this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line, 71307. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Gene in Greenville. Yes, sir. What can I do? All right, sir. I, I love your dissertation and your commentary. Absolutely wonderful. But there's one aspect missing, and yes. maybe you, you might have heard of it. Have you ever read the guidebook to the spiritual world? I have not. Okay. Well, in that book, if, if you study it out, it tells us who named the earth, who named the planets, who gave the ordinances of the planets and, and the, uh, the, uh, the, the cyclic uh, seasonal ordinances of the earth. And, and, uh, and it states very clearly that all the earth belongs to this person. Do you know who that person is? I guess that would be God. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're missing that element in all this. The battle we're seeing here 
There's a battle between uh, the globalists who want, to, who want to assume power and authority over the earth and supposedly be able to control it and arrest it from God. This is what you're saying, Bill, and, uh, um, and I'm relaying this from my understanding of the spirit world. It's, yes, it's what we born-again Christians call spiritual warfare. And if you want to understand the, uh, the outcome of all that, I recommend you read the book of Revelation, chapter 11. Absolutely wonderful. So, I'm sure you have enough time to do that between I, uh, gunshots. I, I do, but listen, let, let, me, let me explain something to you. And uh, yes. this, is, this, is, this is from firsthand observation, okay? Right. I, I told one of my pastors this one time. As a Christian, I'm the kind that cuts the ears off of Roman soldiers. Right. Okay. So to no that problem. end, the, 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 spiritual, the spiritual combat that is going on is very present. And I have said many times that when you don't have Judeo-Christian values as part of the foundation of your value set, then things go sideways really quickly. Well, they don't go sideways. They, they just collapse. They go yeah. into a, a pure state of, of uh, entropy. Right. So having said that, the way I look at things today is uh, I look at things from the whole uh, idea of uh, at this particular moment, while I, I'm very happy to have people like you behind me, Yes. it is now time for people like me to step forward and say, we tried to reason with you guys. And now you have you you know you're about to see what you you're about to see what you want come to fruition. That's right. And I apologize for what I'm about to do, sorta. And when this is done, these people behind you they're going to pray for you, but not me. That's not why I'm here. This is not I, my I, role. I, I, uh, and I respect that. That's called being on the firing line. So I, yeah. I, can I quickly bring up a few other points sure. in, the, in the matter of the general course of this topic or, or theme? One of the questions I asked, uh, I was a scientist, a research scientist, and back in the 1990s, Dave, they were all hopped up over global warming. You know, uh, you pull out Science Magazine, that a picture of a polar bear sitting on, on an ice cube. Oh, look, the planet, the planet. The planet, the planet is a self-regulating, uh, you know, thermal uh, cycling system. It's self -reg Oh, no, 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 you don't understand. All right, fine. So I brought an argument to them, which is, number one, why is the Earth here? Is man an intruder on the earth? And they, 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 they looked at me with perplexed eyes. I, they never heard that question before. Number two, what you who worship the earth, what are you willing to give up to save the earth? You know, your, your radio station, I don't want to get you in trouble for this, but <laughs> your radio station tells you what's the one thing you're going to give up that will save the planet. So what are you going to give up, Bill? <laughs> what am I going to give up? Right. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what you're referring to that, that, uh, that I'm going to well, give up well, to save the planet. I'm, I'm, what I'm, 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 what I'm probably going to give up is a lot of time because it takes a lot of time to fight tyranny. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, these, these globalists don't want to give up uh, anything that they personally do or own, but they want Bill Frady to give everything up. Oh, I know that. All they got to do now is make it happen. That's right. the well, hard part. Well, read Revelation <laughs> chapter 11. I think you'll... Yeah, we'll see. Uh, listen, I appreciate the call. Uh, you know, I, I come from a, I come up from a background where I've seen a lot of other people on this planet how they live versus the way we live, and I am fully prepared to give everything I got to make sure that the way we live is the way we live, and the rest of them can, you know, they got a lot of places they can go, but they can't come here. So, 
but thank you very much for the call. With respect to that, you know, the point I'm trying to make regarding Agenda 2030. Um, now, sometimes, just sometimes, going back to that whole Occam's razor thing, I understand where some people look at some of the things that are happening around in the upstate of South Carolina, for example, and uh, these, uh, these little islands that are being built. And those islands that are being built, as long as they don't cross a certain line, are actually going to be quite convenient later on for people as they get a little older, right? But as long as they don't cross that line, now the first time they cross that line, I don't care what it's about. I don't care if it's about the 15-minute city. I don't care if it's about free speech. I don't care if it's about uh, being completely tyrannical. Whatever it is, when they cross that line, then things are going to get kinetic in a very rapid, rapid moment. And when that happens, they're not going to know what to do. They're really not going to know what to do. And for all of you out there that are like, oh, well, they'll bring this and they'll bring that. We've been doing it for a long time. We tried to shut down Afghanistan, which is about the size of Texas. When we went into Afghanistan, there's about 30,000 Taliban. Most of them, if you showed them a toilet, they would have not known what that was. Most of them lived in caves. Most of them had to cannibalize three guns to make one. And yet we couldn't stop Afghanistan. We could not take down the Taliban. We fought them, and uh, they're still there today. And that's the Taliban. That's Afghanistan. One country the size of Texas. What do you think anybody is capable of doing in the United States? Especially around here. One thing I love about being around here, is that being around here, I am surrounded by veterans. I'm surrounded by like-minded people who know exactly what it is to focus on a mission, and you do not want to go up against somebody that will focus on you. They might do some things. It's not going to. It's not. It's, it's going to be bloody. It'd be painful. It would be. It would be horrific. You think I'm not going anyway? Yes, I'm going because I've already been prepared for that. That's why I volunteered for service when I did. I'd do it again, and if it comes up and I can still walk. Here I go, and I'm not alone. I am not alone. That's the beauty of it. So I, I like to bring up Agenda 2030 just so I can point out how stupid what they think they can do is. It's absolutely stupid to think they can come in and build a couple of apartment complexes and you know a couple of charging stations they are going to take over America. They can only take that which we give them. That's the main thing. That's it. That's all there is to it. We're going to take a look at an appalling murder that occurred and uh, the details to it just because of all of the protected classes involved in this. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Ah, the text line. Nothing like it. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I saw this headline at something called Redux. And uh, I was sorry I looked at it. Uh, the headline, trans-identified male found guilty of torturing victim treated corpse like garbage. 
Now, what made this interesting is this is happening in San Francisco, you know, where everything everything is about the feels, especially when you feels like you're being murdered in, in the street or something. And uh, but here's what here's the fun part of it: uh, the prosecutor in this trial respected the killer's pronouns, and because of this, the killer, who is a man. Not a biological male, not a this, that chromosome. A man is going to end up in a woman's prison because of his pronouns. And we're talking about what David Anderson, 41, and Gerald Rowe, 52, were found guilty of doing to George Randall Saldivar, 23. According to the testimony of the trial, Saldivar was an acquaintance of the killers, and he had visited one of the... Uh, the Mr. Rowe's apartment on Market Street, February 3rd, 2019. They were, uh, they were, let's just say they're same-sex lovers, and they do what they get up to, and they're doing that. Following this, Mr. Anderson threatened Saldivar with a machete and then hung him from the ceiling while he tortured the victim over a period of four hours, put a noose around his neck, <laughs> and ran the attached rope through a pulley device, you know, for leverage, his hands were bound behind his back with zip ties, a strap, and duct tape. And he was tortured for four hours in this position. He was hit, punched, assaulted with pliers, had a, a, a bag put over his head. And then, after they'd done all of that, they went and bought some fentanyl. <laughs> and they injected the victim via syringe with a lethal dose of fentanyl mixed with water. Okay. Okay. Here we have a trio of dysfunctional people who knew each other, used drugs, and engaged in weird sex, and then it ended up with this depraved, sadistic violence and murder. This is one of these, you know, they don't make them anymore because I don't see too many, but remember the detective magazines? This would have been on the cover of one of the detective magazines. What's new and different is what comes along with it. Within about 90 seconds, the victim began to convulse and struggle to breathe. So they folded him into a large rolling suitcase and they zipped it up and they just waited for him to die in the suitcase. And uh, Mr. Anderson is uh, referred to as a feminine figure in this one, Ms. Anderson. Now, the downstream consequence to this is that he ends up in a woman's prison. He's currently in a San Francisco jail that houses women. When his sentence is passed, and he can get more than a, all he can get is a life sentence, not a death sentence, because it's California, he'll be moved into a women's prison. And according to Redux, since January 1st, 2021, the California Department of Corrections has been required to place male inmates who claim to be transgender in women's prisons. The Transgender Respect Agency and Dignity Act, also known as Stupidity, mandates that the CDCR cannot deny an inmate a, or a search preference or housing placement based solely on an incarcerated person's external genitalia. <laughs> because that's discrimination related to gender identity. And they currently, in California, they have 358 male inmates that have requested transfer to a women's prison. Now, I get it. I, yeah, From a self-preservation standpoint, I could see where that would be a smart thing to do if you're a convict. Very likely that a bunch of women are going to run in there and murder you in your sleep or anything. But, hey, I don't know. Never existed in that sort of environment. Completely, completely ignorant of some of these facts. But this would be disastrous for the women that are housed around him, wouldn't it? 
Like there's a convicted sexual predator in New York who, after declaring he was a woman, he was transferred to a woman's facility. And once he got there, he repeatedly raped one of the prisoners. Which, that, that's a really compact sentence for that outrage. He repeatedly raped one of the prisoners, isn't it? According to the suit, DOC records show that at the time the male entered the woman's housing unit, he was being investigated for his potential involvement in a prostitution ring operating within Rikers Island. The ring involved staff and inmates, and the DOC was reportedly aware that he was likely moved to a female unit to facilitate his procurement of female inmates to pimp out male inmates and staff. And they allege multiple officials within the DOC leveraged the city's liberal transgender inmate guidance to ensure the male inmate could remain in the female unit. So for the leftists and the criminals, this is a win-win situation. They use the so-called transgenderism to court people into the Borg of statism. They don't care about the individual women that they destroy along the way. And the criminals are realizing that so-called transgenderism is a perfect vehicle for exploiting women and the prison system, for that matter. And, you know, in truth, transgenderism is uh, simply a mental illness. And the horror of modern societies that our institutions, both criminal and legitimate, are weaponizing this. Like they do everything else. I mean, it's not surprising that they would do this, right? But instead of treating sexually confused people with therapy and properly used hormones, like testosterone for confused men, estrogen for confused women, they're encouraging the madness to achieve some sort of political power. And what we see is what the inevitable result is what we get here. And you got some profoundly damaged people and criminally inclined people wreaking havoc on individuals and institutions. And the only reason you would run a country this way is if you want to run it into the ground, I think. Yeah. That's the only reason to run it that way. Now, in the case, see, if somebody, this, the, these two guys that killed this guy in San Francisco, they probably should not be in prison at all. They should be housed in a mental health facility because they have a mental illness. And it is a real mental illness. But instead of doing that, they take, I mean, you can be mentally ill and still be quite evil, but whatever it is, you got to be locked away from some people and you need to be locked away with some people that know what you are. And instead, they're just inmate so-and-so. Just inmate so-and-so. So, in any event... uh there you go. That's it. That's all there is to it. And uh, I just found that horrific to, to consider that, what happened to this guy. There's a lot of things that, uh, you know, I sort of sit back and say, sometimes you sort of invite that. That was not something I think that guy invited. I don't think so. I don't think so. When we get back, we're going to talk about E. Jean Carroll because she's still out there and she's, uh, you know, there's some new things that have come up. Probably heard about it yesterday, but I haven't talked about it yet, so... This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Ah, some of you are quite combative on the old text line. That's, we didn't start the fire, by the way. That's Billy Joel, not Bruce Springsteen. Whoever told me that that was actually by Bruce Springsteen. That's Billy Joel. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Uh, e. Jean Carroll, she got $83.3 million, and she plans on taking Rachel Maddow to go shopping, get shoes, all this other stuff. 
after she made a bunch of dubious allegations that she could remember no details to, that he sexually assaulted her sometime in the 1990s, which she doesn't have that detail either. And, of course, we heard about Trump. You know, he was lots of antics. But the judge gave some rather bizarre orders that hamstrung Trump and his defense. And he wasn't even allowed to defend himself. And now we know that Judge Lewis A. Kaplan apparently has had a major conflict of interest here. They learned that Kaplan was once a mentor to Carol's lawyer, Robert Kaplan. The two aren't related, but they worked together in the early 1990s at the law firm Paul Weiss, Rifkin, Wharton, and Garrison in Midtown. In a letter filed on Monday, Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, demanded answers. If your honor truly worked with Ms. Kaplan in any capacity, especially if there was a mentor-slash-mentee relationship, that fact should have been disclosed before any case involving these parties was permitted to proceed forward. This issue is particularly concerning since plaintiff's other lead counsel, Sean Crowley, served as your honor's law clerk, and we were previously advised that your honor co-officiated her wedding. And she gives a section that states that the judge of the United States shall disqualify, shall disqualify himself in any proceeding in which his impartiality might reasonably be questioned. So it appears that the judge in this case worked with Carol's lawyer, Rob, Roberta Kaplan, and officiated at her wedding. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that this judge didn't reveal these conflicts is of interest this this has some downstream consequences here, Your Honor. Um, Hab is calling for the judge to confirm or deny the associations. Now, they were already planning to appeal the decision because of the tr of judge being overtly hostile. $65 million of this uh, thing was just as a punishment to Trump. Right? It wasn't sought by E. Jean Carroll because she can't possibly buy that many shoes and clothes and purses after all, even with Rachel Maddow in tow. And this will make Trump's appeal a lot easier. And uh, having said, um, we believe and will argue on appeal that the court was overtly hostile towards defense counsel and, the pre and President Trump and displayed preferential treatment towards plaintiff's counsel. Indeed, the rulings, tone, and demeanor of the bench raised significant concerns even before the New York Post's investigative journalism unearthed these new facts. In addition to that, the news most certainly will reinforce his claim that the legal system has been weaponized against him. And guess what? His support's going to go up some more. Despite, despite what you may see now coming in, the, you know, Biden's going to beat him. That's a, that's a new poll. The only one that can beat Biden is Haley. That's a new poll. Haley's out there saying it's a two-person race. No, it isn't. You have to, have to be competitive to make it a race, Nikki. You're not competitive. You're out there and your, your, your percentage has gone up because there's nobody else. Not because everybody loves Nikki. And you got to come here. And uh, the... you. Whoever is, whoever is on your staff, you should take all of them out back right now and uh, go down the line with a ball bat is what you should do. Because they're yes, yes, mamming you so much that you don't understand what you're about to do, whatever future political aspiration you might have, because you're going to lose your home state so bad. The only reason Kamala Harris is in politics today is because 
Joe Biden is president, and he made the stupid thing that my, my, I mean, Kamala Harris was not his first choice. She is not the sharpest knife in the drawer by any, and she lost her home state against everybody else. It was, nobody else was a California Democrat running for president when that happened. So you're going to lose your home state, and then you're going to be lumped in with Kamala Harris and Hillary Clinton as a wannabe. And whatever, you know, whatever appeal you might have had is going to be lost in the fact that you're a loser. Like, you're going to be like, you're going to make Rona McDaniel, because she manages to hang on to the job despite her lack of success, you're going to make her look like a, a beacon of, of competence. All because of whatever narcissism is driving you. It's not a good look in the Republican primary to ever take money from Democrats, Nikki. But you're about to find that out the hard way. I'll be back in 22 hours between now and then. Remember this, you are listening to News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.